Hey everybody, it's Adina, also known as Dini the Yogini. Hey, this is Lex from Flex of Lex. This is Dee, your faith fueled mom. What's up, peeps? This is your girl JQ with Fitness Defied. This is Takima from Takima Renee Fitness, and you are listening to the Fit Black Queens Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Adina, also known as Dini the Yogini. Hey, this is Lex from Flex of Lex. This is Dee, your faith-fueled mom. What's up, peeps? This is your girl, JQ, with Fitness Defied. This is Takima from Takima Renee Fitness, and you are listening to the Fit Black Queens Podcast. Have you ever heard of Anchor? Well, listen up, because we're going to share the scoop with you. There are tools that will let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes things easy peasy. (laughs) Anchor distributes your podcast for you, so you can upload it in Anchor, and people can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms. Did you know that you can make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership? Yeah, you heard that right. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Hey, girls. Hola, hola, hola. (laughs) Okay, bilingual. Come through. (laughs) So how's your guys' week been? Fruitful. Fruitful. Enlightening. It's been, I feel like, a week of opportunity. Um, Definitely a lot more opportunities have come in my inbox. And I think just the what's going on with um, brands realizing that they need brown influencers has become helpful. Um, And just... I don't know. For me, it's, I always thought brands did that. Like I always thought brands were like, you know what? We need at least one Brown person in the mix, but not Mm -hmm. now that this has all come to light, I'm realizing no. And so as an influencer, um, it's great because now I'm getting opportunities that I wasn't getting before. And now brands are realizing the power of my voice. So Mm -hmm. what are you guys thinking about all that's been going on and how has it been affecting you? I think it's been great. Um, Like there's this yoga, online yoga certification that I know a a few of us are doing in this group. Um, And, you know, yoga certification is something that I've been interested in, but it's so expensive. Um, And in an industry where there aren't a lot of people who look like me, um, I don't know, it just felt like really cool to have that opportunity, like a scholarship specifically for Black women who want to get into yoga, teaching Uh, yoga. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so awesome. It's such a great opportunity for everybody, all the communities, for us to add to the yoga community and for us to be able to have an opportunity there too. 
Yeah, I've already started making my yoga playlist, and I don't even, I'm not even close to certification. And I just filled it with black people. I put black violin on there, put some Jill Scott, some Erica Badu. I was like, oh, I, wanna, I got in my in the zone. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes, please start that playlist so we can be ready when we yeah. actually need it for our. And when you do your practicum, when you can do your demo in front of your audience, mm-hmm. we'll use know. the Alexis Library. Okay. <laughs> All black everything. All black, girl. All black everything. Yeah, this week has been really, it's been eye-opening because, like, I sat on a meeting with uh, marketing for a brand that I work with, and just, th- they came out and they were like, look, we're in Boulder, Colorado. Everybody here is white. We looked around, we're like, nobody on our staff is black. <laughs> we need to change that. And so they realized that because the job market where they are is solely white and because of COVID, they've been, uh, they all virtually are working. They said, you know what, why aren't we opening out the opportunity for anybody who's qualified outside of Boulder, Colorado (laughs) to work for their company and for them to come openly and say, you know what, we looked around and we, we reflected and we looked around and saw that we're doing wrong and then we want to do different in the future is really great. And I think a lot of companies are doing that. And I think yeah. that is obviously as black women, we are like, all right, glad you woke up. Finally. Finally. <laughs> finally. It's kind of funny that we, we talk about that now because um, D was D reminded us earlier that we just talked about feeling like we don't really have a lot of opportunities or we're not recognized back in, in season one. And here mm-hmm. we are in season two and these opportunities are now being recognized, even just the fact that they're being recognized. But here's one of the things I think is just really even the greater blessing of everything that is happening in the midst of, you know, what has happened in a world, on a world scope is this, these opportunities for brown girls and brown perspective and black people to have input in places where they were never considered before is amazing all across the board especially for us in the fitness industry because before this we usually had to create our own lane Mm -hmm. we already had it but the acceptance of it after it was created has been just just not great opportunity for us so for brands to start recognizing that wait a minute we don't have black people doing this. Oh, but wait a minute. We don't, you know? And so I experienced that this week. One of the brands that I work with did the same thing. D brought me to the table and said, Hey, it's not that we didn't think about the black perspective. It was just that we never considered the black perspective because all we were doing was working with white people. And I'm like, well, that's because you never thought about the black people that may want it to be involved, but I'm excited that um, we're getting a lot more opportunities to be yeah. included, included in what's happening in the fitness industry. I think it's because Adina said, say it loud for the people in the back. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. the people in the back finally heard us. Yeah, <laughs> so finally listening anyway, listening. Yeah. So I think that, that our, our guest for this week, it's a really timely um, topic now that we're talking about visibility and actually seeing some progress. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And in the, in the area of fitness is where we've lacked visibility. Wouldn't you say, Alexis, we've lacked visibility in that area. 
and now we, we are doing all the things. We And we've already been doing all the things. We just weren't recognized. There's so many yeah. things that Black people are doing in the fitness that Black people don't do that. So I'm really great. I'm just grateful that we have opportunity to showcase how dynamic and versatile we are. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. 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 I couldn't agree with you more. And it's it's a tough road to follow, but I think that we are going to get there. Don't you agree, Takima? I do. I do. I'm, I'm excited to see my, not my face per se, but people who look like me um, doing things that I do, but on a bigger scale, on a bigger scale. So this is great. And for my girls too, for my girls to see that oh, yeah. no matter what they want to do, there's somebody like, there's not even a question in their mind because they see somebody that looks like them doing it. So Absolutely. And you're a good role model, D. So you portray not the June Cleaver, but you know, but <laughs> I am faithful. But you portray, yeah, and you are showing them the way. And again, it starts in the home, right? Don't you agree? It does. It starts in the home, showing them the way and giving them the path in which to go. Yeah, but it helps if they see if they see it outside the home as well. So that's why I'm just so happy that there um, a lot of companies are understanding how big how big we need diversity. I, I can just say just briefly before Alexis uh, jumps on, um, I can say that uh, several companies have reached out to me. What can I do? What can I say? How can I make it better? Bring more brown and brown and black people into the fray of your business. Mm-hmm. We spend more money on products and things of that nature. Why not show us? Yeah. Boom. Again, that goes back to you know, say it loud for the people in the back. Why don't you show us? <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Adina, also known as Dini the Yogini. Hey, this is Lex from Flex of Lex. This is Dee, your faith-fueled mom. What's up, peeps? This is your girl, JQ, with Fitness Divide. This is Takima from Takima Renee Fitness, and you are listening to the Fit Black Queens Podcast. Have you ever heard of Anchor? Well, listen up, because we're going to share the scoop with you. There are tools that will let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes things easy peasy. Anchor distributes your podcast for you, so you can upload it in Anchor, and people can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms. Did you know that you can make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership? Yeah, you heard that right. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. You are listening to the Fit Black Queens podcast, and this is where you can find us this week. This is Takima from Takirani Fitness, and you can find me on Instagram Live Wednesdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What's up, peeps? This is your girl, JQ. Catch the schedule at jquuenow.com. Boot camp is coming up. Get registered now at jquuenow.com.
Eight Queens on Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I teach a mommy and teen bar class. We can bar together through Zoom Fridays at 2. See you there. Hey, everybody. This is Lex, a.k.a. Flex of Lex. I am back at the gym. You can meet me on the bike at the Sport and Health in Pike and Rose in Rockville, Maryland. Visit flexoflex.com for more info. Hey, everybody. It's Deanie the Yogini. You can come in flow and go with me for yoga on Sundays and Thursdays at Anytime Fitness through Zoom. So you want to be in it to win it. So, you know, lately there has been a lot of talk about representation about people of color. Wouldn't you ladies agree? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No. And one of those representations is, uh, there is a lot more women of women, a lot more women of color changing the face of the sport of running. And one of those faces is our guest tonight, an endurance runner, an elite athlete, Tunisia Billups. Tunisia is a running coach with Road Runners Club of America, an ambassador for Black Girls Run based out of Jacksonville, Florida. She enjoys training women, especially those new to running, often using the Black Girls Run Signature Walk Before You Run program, which has been phenomenal. She is a lifetime member of Half Fanatics, Marathon Maniacs, and a member of National Black Marathoners Association, which means she runs a lot. So without further ado, please welcome Tunisia Bullops. Welcome, Tunisia. Welcome. Hi, <laughs> ladies. Thank you so much for having me. It's a ple- pleasure and honor to be here. Thank you for yes, joining you. us. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I, I kind of told the ladies a little bit about you, uh, um, what I know, and we're really excited to have you on our pack- podcast this evening. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions and just take your time and respond so okay. tell our listeners tell us how did you get starting started into running and what made you get into the sport okay so great question um you know it's always so interesting to hear everyone's own journey that everybody has their own journey how they jumped into the sport of running and uh, quite honestly, in full transparency, my my journey probably started years ago. Um, I've always had kind of a sense of athleticism. So when I think about just just running in general, it probably started with softball and flag football um, in elementary, and and that evolved through summer sports. And and um, I'm I'm born and raised, I should say, uh, uh, Tallahassee, Florida. So I am what they call an original Florida A&M University Rattler. And we're very fortunate to have summer youth programs through the university. And I, I um, and early on, have become introduced to the National Youth Sports Program, where I really kind of developed the sport of running through sprinting. So I was actually a sprinter through high school and I'm um, going uh, through to college. So uh, that was my first introduction to running and how I kind of started running. Uh, but then if we fast forward uh, 20 years later and I became an empty nester, I 
picked the sport up again, uh, right? So, but the sport started to look a lot different. So from sprinting, I was introduced to endurance running. Um, I was introduced to a group of ladies that got up uh, 5.30 in the morning to do a run two days a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and I just jumped in. I had been sedentary for years. Um, I said, you know, let me get up, and I was, I was um, invited out, and it just kind of went from there. It, it was just an opportunity to get out and meet ladies, opportunity to start moving again, um, I quickly learned that, or had a, the recall that distance running and sprinting is a totally different ball game. Um, I remember not being able to run light pole to light pole without having to stop. And while I'm watching this diverse group of women that were of all ages, and they were all just running along, and I would find myself being winded and saying, you know, I'll catch up. But it really sparked something in me then. And I realized that, um, you know, this is something that I could embrace and something that I, you know, I use everything I kind of take as a challenge. And I saw this group of ladies out moving and I wasn't quite there. So I kept showing up until I can keep up. And um, it kind of just went on from there. That's amazing. Which brings me to the next question. And I think we can all probably relate to this. Why is running important to you? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I think there are for a variety of reasons for me. Um, like I mentioned, for years, I really become sedentary and which means I started to gain a little bit of weight and I just was totally out of shape. And the, uh, the experience with meeting with these ladies not only got me moving again, it really um, showed me that I could improve my health. I could, and, and I won't say I, I wasn't overweight, I was just out of shape. And like many of us, especially in our community, we find ourselves running from not only um, weight issues, but running from uh, predispositions of health issues, whether it's cardiovascular disease, whether it's high blood pressure, whether it's diabetes, and and for me, even being a small frame, never really over, overweight from an obese standpoint, I found myself running from diabetes. Um, I have a family history of my, you know, both my parents, uh, the whole metabolic syndrome X, if you will. So parents were high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetics. So I already knew I had this predisposition that I needed to, to control. So I used the sport of running to really improve my cardi cardiac health. Uh, you learn as you get into the sport how much of a mood booster it is. It, it, um, it's a stress reliever, and it's the one thing that I found that I can control. And right, so we're in this world right now that is so uncontrollable. We have all these uncontrollables around us. The world is in a crazy place, and, and there's so many factors day in and day out that we realize that we have no control over. And the more and more I ran and the more and more I enjoyed running and became better at it, I realized it's the one thing that I can do in the day where I have complete control over. Whether I want to go fast, I want to go slow, whether I want to not run at all. <laughs> so <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's just so many variety of reasons. Um, and I guess that's why I'm still doing it today. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's 
that's very true. We do have a uh, history of uh, a lot of different uh, predisposed medical issues. Yeah. So, you know, and the other thing is that you, you talked about like community and everything. So with your knowledge of being an endurance runner and an elite athlete, how have you invested your knowledge of running with others, like the community? What tips and tricks have do you share with them? Uh, yeah, sure. Great question. So as you know, Adina, I'm not sure about the panel, but I am a member of Black Girls Run. And I joined Black Girls Run in 2012 when I started running with this group of ladies. I became a group run lead or run coordinator um, in 2013. And then just a couple of years into that role, I decided to officially certify myself. I've, I'm always the one I feel like if I'm going to be in a role, I want to be qualified in the role. Um, so I took the time in 2015 to uh, become certified with Road Runners Club of America. And then a year later, joined the ambassador program where I've been since from that point now. So in terms of investing my knowledge, um, I, you know, I've been, I've embraced this role as much as I, I can. Um, as you mentioned in the introduction, I use the Walk Before You Run program uh, regularly with group of ladies, and I'm always looking to encourage ladies to, to, to join Black Girls Run, to come out and move, and to learn just the basics of running, uh, right? To, not even, they don't have to, I don't care if you're coming to with a goal of running an official race or just a goal of moving. Um, I've, uh, my goal has just always been to get ladies out and get, get ladies active. Um, so I've, I've uh, been, like I said, in this role now going on five years. And so I've tried to use this role to be the um, kind of the catalyst for what I can bring to the community. And it's, it's I'll say this and share this really quick. I, I have friends who have watched from the sidelines for years uh, with my, you know, with my activity with running. And over the last couple of years, I'm finding that one friend and one more friend, I'm able to pull into the training program and pull them into the sport of running. And now they're motivated to run these races. And now they're looking for the next race after they cross the finish line. So it's very rewarding just to get people to that point. Um, and that's been my motivator is just to continue to get people out and enjoying the sport, understanding the sport, uh, knowing how to do it safely. So you mentioned what kind of tips and tricks um, do I share with them? One of the big things is um, I always say running is an individual sport. Uh, we like to run in groups for the social aspect of it, but it is very much an individual sport. So what I do try to make sure ladies understand is that because it's such a repetitive activity, that it's not just about getting out and um, you know, lacing up and getting out and running and just going for a run. There are other components that I make sure that I stress. And, and, and the, the big thing is incorporating something into your run that will help strengthen your run. So your body's ready to endure the run, right? So uh, one of the tricks I always talk about is the core. Uh, we know our movement comes, our movement system 
comes from our core. So it's so important to make sure that our core is, is, um, is being strengthened. Um, and when you hear core, I think people always think your abs, right? Your, your abs and your obliques. And I always talk, you know, our core is so much more. So you think about your core so much more than just the abs and the obliques. It's everything from where your movement starts. So it helps us to, to from, from our, our lumbar system, from our hips and our, our adductors, everything moves from our core. So it's, it's important to make sure that we're doing all the things to keep us strong. Um, being here in Florida, it's all about hydrating, hydrating and fueling for your run. So one of the things I always say is don't be afraid of carbs. So um, uh, carbs are your friend. And I think us as a community, we are always very conscious about what we eat and what we consume and carbs are always the bad thing, right? So, um, you know, when I'm talking running, it's always what you're doing before your run, what are you doing during your run and what are you doing after your run? So it's always fueling for the run, lacing up, um, dressing up for the run, um, preparing yourself for the run, and then bounce and breathe. So I always, my, my idea is it doesn't matter how fast you go, and if you can't endure the whole run, uh, run until you're tired, walk until you're bored. So you walk until you're tired of walking, and then you start running again. So I like that. It, it, you know, I, I don't want to, to I feel like I'm kind of going down a several different bunny trails, but, but it, it's such a, I, I enjoy the sport so much that it's, it's just a matter of making sure people are comfortable out there doing it and doing it safely. Um, everything we do try, is try to make sure that we're, be, that we're moving efficiently. Um, so it's not always about running fast. Um, although I am competitive, so I do run for speed. I train for speed, uh, but everybody doesn't have to train for speed. So the most important thing is knowing how to be efficient um, in your running. Um, and, and that's what I try to stress and emphasize. Like I've mentioned before, I'm always talking about perfecting. You can always work on perfecting. It's not about perfection. It's all about perfecting, right? So that's, um, that's kind of the message I always send. Let's, let's work on getting better. You don't have to be perfect. Just work on getting better. So, uh, Tony, I, I had a question all for your... you. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. No, I was, just, I was just saying I love all of your motivational sayings, like showing up so you can keep up and, um, you know, it's not about perfection. I just kind of have a question. So when did you, real, when did you stop showing up to keep up? You said um, that a while back. And what yeah. does that mean? So I... So initially, I, I guess what I can, what I, what I meant by that, and what I mean by that is, it's oftentimes when we come out, we tend to feel like it's a competition, and ladies tend to feel like if I can't keep up, I'm just going to stop showing up. I don't come out, I, you know. When I was the run coordinator, I would have ladies that would come out and they would get so unmotivated because they couldn't keep up with the group, and my my message to them was just keep showing up, keep showing up. You keep showing up until you can keep up. And it, the only way to get there, there's a saying, I think it's a sad principle. Your body will get better at doing what it's repeatedly asked to do. So if you keep doing what you're repeatedly trying to accomplish, 
and you're consistent in that, you'll get to the point where you can keep up. And it may not be keep up with that group. You can just keep up with your goal. So that's why I say it's, it's, it's a matter of just keep showing up and or, or just kind of keep at it to you. Yeah, I don't even remember what I said now, but. <laughs> showing up so you can keep up and showing up until you can keep up. Show up you can I keep love, up. I love, I love that. That's a great way to look at things because you're right. People definitely get discouraged from what they see. I know for me, um, been on a weight loss journey myself and one ways um, within this journey that I tried was Black Girls Run. And that was one of par- part the part that appealed to me is that despite my um, fitness level at the time, there was somebody for me to walk around with me, to encourage me, to with me. And I, and it is the camaraderie that makes you want to keep showing up and told me so till I could keep up. So I might've kept showing up, but you know, I, I love that idea of just, continually working on being better than who you were the day before. And that's something that's really So I had a question. Um, You spoke earlier about investing knowledge, but I want to ask you this question as we talk about representation in the sport of endurance running. um, Can you talk a little bit about investing in running and what that means for someone that's new to the sport or maybe someone who's looking to get into endurance running? Right. Um, Sure. So uh, investing in the sport. One of the things that I was told when I initially started running is it's a free sport. It doesn't cost you anything to do. You get out there and move. I quickly Lies. realized that's not <laughs> <so> true. <laughs> it is a free sport, but one of the things to make you that's important for us, especially women, is you have to have the basics. You have to have the basis to prepare for your run, to start for your run. And the basics for women is a good sports bra and a good running shoe. And that means investing a little bit in your, in your, in your gear, right? So there, there are a lot of things, depending on what your goals are, I don't necessarily recommend everybody go out there and, and gadget up, right? You're, you don't need to go out there and have a Garmin, which I regularly wear because I'm going to, I got to get out for a run after I leave um, you guys. Um, but you don't need the devices. You don't need, you know, if you have a smartphone, great. Uh, but the biggest thing from an investment standpoint is to really, from a gear, a good sports bra, a good running shoe, and invest in a good running shoe. And what I mean by that is don't go out and ask someone what their favorite brand is. There's different brands of running shoes out there. Every brand has their own model. You need to know your gait. You need to know how you, how you pronate. If you pronate, if you don't pronate. If you're a, a midfoot striker, you need to know what your running style is to be appropriately fitted for the right shoe. And that's the best investment that you can make. Um, it's the best investment that will start you on your journey and help you continue safely without reducing the risk of injury. Because that's the first thing that runners tend to start to to um, find limitations in is they start feeling aches and pains. You start the shin splints. You start all these things and you wonder, why am I tingly? Why are my legs hurting? And a lot of times it could be the very beginning from when you put your foot out on the pavement, you didn't have the right shoe on. Um, So it's very important that you have the right shoe. Um, We're here in Florida. I always encourage people to make sure, regardless of what you wear, 
make sure it's something that's wicking that is it's a, a, a wicking fabric so it can absorb the more the um, moisture um, and you know for us a lot of times it honestly is a matter of being cute get your cute gear <laughs> you got that you know, right they, you already know coordinate you know get yourself a really nice cute gear and you know all you got to do in the morning when you don't feel like it just dress up a lot of times as soon as when you dress up it changes your whole mood. And once you're dressed, then you can start that journey. But from an investment standpoint, I say those basics in the beginning. Um, if you're training for something where you're going for longer than 30, 45 minutes at a time, it would be smart to invest in maybe some fuel, um, fuel um, I guess it'd be like gadgets, like your fuel belts and, and water bottles. But you really don't need that. You can take your uh, uh, four, six ounce bottle of water out on your run and you're good to go. You could take some, I mentioned the carbs um, and, and we talk with the Walk Before You Run program as it evolves through an 11 week training program, the importance of fueling for your run. And, and part of that fueling is carbs. And that's why I said one of my tricks is I always tell people don't be afraid of carbs. Carbs is what fuels our body. Carbs is what gives us energy to move. So you learn throughout that journey the importance of, of carving up. Um, but those are really your, your basic investments. And it, you know, you have your gear, whatever time device, whether you want it or not. Um, and, and that's it. Now, what if I, okay, let's say I go to a running store, I get my my correct you know I get my my foot checked out I find out that like I'm bow-legged like I am and my feet roll under I don't remember if that's pronate over pronate I don't even know but I find out all this stuff but I can't afford $120 running shoes like yeah. I want the good yeah. stuff but do you have any tips so, for people who are trying to you know ways they can save money getting a good quality shoe wholesale 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 what I encourage every lady here locally and I'm sure it exists in all running communities go to a running store to get fitted don't go to a big box um, store where they're not running experts really go to store and most of them are free like we have a, a, a one is considered one of the top 50 run run um, run stores in the US or what have you they do running analysis. They're free. You don't have to make a purchase. You don't have to do any of that. And then if you find, you, you find exactly the type of shoe that you need, and then you can choose the brand. All you need to know is if you need a, a, a neutral shoe or if you need something with cushion, you need a stability shoe. And you learn those things by whether you pronate or not, if you're flat-footed. But you, you find those out in, 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 during that running analysis, and you take notes. You take notes, you go home, and you go to whatever wholesaler website where you can find maybe the old model. So say, for example, I run in Brooks. Um, I run in, and I run in Asics. They have, um, I run a stability shoe. This year might be a GT2000, might be their current shoe. But GT1000 was last year, and you can find that on a wholesaler. doesn't mean it's a bad shoe, it's just their old model. So always find out what shoe works for you. See what the previous model was. You can go to a wholesaler. 
but you can also go to um, what do you call them? Like your your discount stores, Marshalls, Ross. Those two are actually really good. TJ Maxx um, with having older model running shoes, but they're actually really good. And you find sometimes that the older models are better shoes because every time they they come with a new model. They change the width, it becomes a little more narrow or it's wide, and you find that the old models actually fit better. So that would be my recommendation is to don't skimp on the assessment. Use the assessment, take the notes, and then go shop around. I, okay. I have a question to go back to the show up, um, show up before you keep up, is motivation. So yeah. totally under, like, I'm the person who needs a cute outfit and then I'm out yeah. there <laughs> but, or like a cute pair of shoes. But there's sometimes you got that outfit, you know, you know that people are there waiting for you and you still like, I don't want to get out there. How do you stay motivated or you um, encourage your to stay more motivated? Uh, you know, honestly, for me, uh, I, what, what kept me motivated was to take on a role of leadership. And what we do in our groups and what I have some, even our, um, I, I, even I'm ambassador, I'm still run coordinator for us for one of our sides of town is I rotate them taking the lead. So once you, and, and, and this may not be as relevant in other situations, but if you're, if you have a group, get the group together, everybody kind of rotate who's taking the lead for this run today and take some ownership. So I think it's a matter of not only having a group that you can, that can hold each other accountable, but take ownership in that group as well. Because usually if someone's, if you're at a point where you have a good solid group that you run with, it motivates, that is your motivator to get out because you know they're, they're waiting for you, right? It's like but, your accountability then, partners. Yeah, you get your an accountability partner. But the reality is there are truly some days where it's not in you. If it's not in you, then leave the keys on the counter <laughs> and, and try again tomorrow. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't encourage that from a consistency standpoint, but there are just some days, you know, when we talk from a training standpoint, there are three phases of adaptation. Your early adaptation where you're learning the sport, you're getting out there, and now you have this, this delayed onset of muscle soreness, right? So now I got out there, I was excited, I was running. And then the next day, oh, my God, I'm so sore. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do it. That, that's that early phase of that adaptation. But what you, what you do is you get yourself beyond that and you keep going. But then once you're in kind of that, that um, just consistency, you don't want to go, go, go until you get to the point of exhaustion. So the point that I was making is if you're tired, it could be truly that you're physically exhausted. And when you're physically exhausted, you've got to take the time to rest. So when we talk from a training standpoint, there are all these variables that are important to putting a training program together. And one of the most important variables is rest. So there's time that you've got to take rest. And, and so I would just encourage you to, when you feel like you need to rest, take a rest. Thank you. I'm going to take that and use it to my advantage. I'm glad. <laughs> No, because look, Takima sometimes will put on her cute gear and lay down for just a minute and take a, a three-hour nap. And then I'm like, where have you been? I'm sleeping my gear. Resting. 
So okay. just be, just before we wrap up, uh, Tunisia, just just another question you you mentioned, you know, because your running community is 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 Black Girls Run, but you as an elite runner and endurance athlete, you have accomplished so many marathon races, and your latest accomplishment, which I, I had the distinguished ability to to follow your entire journey and cheer you on virtually, was you ran in Antarctica and Chile. Yeah. Can you briefly tell us about that experience and what that was like and then what's next for you? Okay, absolutely. So I um huh, where do I start with Antarctica? So we talk about network and running community. Uh Antarctica came about through my network. And I it was a year prior to me actually taking the trip. I was I was invited to join a group of, of runners. And at the time it was only eight that was, had this, this idea and this interest to run in Antarctica. And honestly, we had that conversation internationally. That conversation was in Jamaica, December the year before. And I had just come off of two other international races. So I had just completed um, Amsterdam Marathon and then oh, two weeks later, just completed Curacao in South America. And then here I was in Jamaica having a conversation with another runner that said, I want to go to Antarctica. What do you think? And I think, honestly, because I was on this international high, I just said, oh, sure. And I didn't really think much more beyond that. Um, but it became such a process, um, just preparing ourselves to get there, um, preparing for the run being a Florida girl, preparing myself for an Antarctic run. Um, so the experience was nothing like, uh, it was like no other. Um, it was pretty much a, almost a two-week journey. Um, and, and when I say that, it was a 10-day, we, we it, it was a, it was two marathons, two days apart. So the, it started in South America, in Punta Arenas, Chile. Um, and one of the things that we were we learned very quickly when the journey started was to practice patience because this is a feat that was like no other. So when I talked about the eight people, it started with eight of us. It grew to 30. Um, we branded ourselves and um, as the Black Ice Project. So um, now you have 30 African-American runners, predominantly women that are going to do something that has not been in the record books. So we, throughout the year, prepared ourselves. Uh, once we got there for the trip, we geared up and we're ready to go. And we were at the airport and flight clearance was shut down. So we sat and we sat until we were cleared to run. And long story short, we landed in Antarctica. We, um, geared up within a couple of hours of landing. Our run started midday. We ran into sun, I ran into sunset. Some ran into sunset and through sunrise. That's just how grueling the run was itself. It was very, um, it's, it's, it's an experience that I don't know that I can really put to, to words, to cap, to capture everything from the different elements to the cold, to the, the hills, to the, 
you know, it, it was a constant loop to, and, and then coronavirus. Uh, so that actually reached its, its ugly little head while we were there. And we didn't know the, the magnitude of it. So our route was actually rerouted because the Chinese uh, research base would not allow us to run by their research base. So now you have a race that is turned into these loops in this Antarctic. And I'm normally a four-hour marathoner. It took me six and a half hours just about to finish that marathon. I didn't finish to midnight in the extreme cold. And we survived. It was an amazing experience. Uh, we, we camped out in the cold, so we camped in little tents. Uh, we ate from little generator, little, little Roman noodle soup through little cups. We boarded our plane the next day, and we ran another marathon in South America. So two days later, we geared up, and we ran our second marathon in Punta Arenas. Um, and it was definitely one in for the record books. So that completed my fifth of seven continents. Uh, so I am on a seven continent challenge. So that's, um, so that was kind of a checkbox and checkbox. And, and I am glad and happy to say that we all successfully completed the marathon. It was a total of about 50 people, 54 people, 30 were Black Ice Project. The other few were other runners that were doing some other challenges that join in with the Marathon Adventure Tours. And with that 30 people from Black Ice Project, we actually set a, a world record for the most African-Americans to not only travel to Antarctica, but to complete a full marathon on, on the continent as well. That's amazing. That's so cool. And Dee, do you want to bring us home? That, uh, you had a question, Dee? I have so many questions now. My goodness, that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so first of all, well, I was, I just had this question before when you're, you are an endurance runner. Um, yeah. I know cause I'm a personal trainer and I have endurance runners. Um, there's cross training involved and you kind of, absolutely. kind of spoke on that with the core training, yeah. but how do you prepare yourself cross training wise for two marathons two days apart in different climates like that is what i'm trying to grasp right now wait hold on d before before you answer tony can you explain what the difference is between a sprinter and an endurance runner just so the listeners understand what makes something endurance right so probably the, the, the biggest difference between the two is the um energy output so a sprinter and, and you hear terms of like aerobic exercise versus anaerobic. And basically the difference between the two is the distance of the run. So sprinters normally run anywhere from 100 meters to 400 meters. And some consider 800 meters to be a sprint. It's really a mid-distance run. Um, so that is the extent of the run. So you run really hard. You don't really use much oxygen. It's all about ATP, ATP production. So it's, it's all anaerobic running, right? So you're using, you're using different muscles. So that's what they consider like the, the um, fast twitch mus muscles. Um, and, but then from an endurance standpoint, it's really think everything beyond that. So from an endurance standpoint, we're looking at running for uh, usually a mile or more. So I, I, 
I, the way my journey started in 2012, just briefly, I ran my first 5K um, that fall, which is 3.1 miles. Um, a couple of, of months later, I ran my first 15K, which is 9.3 or whatever miles. Um, and then everything beyond that is all endurance. So you go 5K, 10K, 15K, half marathon, which is your 13.1 miles, to a full marathon, 26.2. Anything beyond that is considered ultra. And so my evolution of running started from that 5K in 2012 up to I ran my first ultra last year. So it's a totally different um, energy um, I guess, uh, trying to think of the right term I, I can use, but just the energy output is totally different. And what you find with the endurance running is it's all about oxygen. It's all about um, oxygen productive. So it, it, you find when you start running, you might be winded, but a lot of times with distance runners, you'll find it takes you a, a mile or two just to shake out for a run. And then all of a sudden you start, you can breathe easier. Your heart rate is slowed down. It's because you've changed over from that, that anaerobic phase to aerobic. Um, and, and so it, it's really the difference between the two. I hope that answered your question. Without it answered my question. I, I used it. I interjected with these just before you started talking about your routine, just so in case people didn't know what it meant when you said endurance. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So the question. Yeah. So my question was, how do you prepare yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you prepare yourself? So multifaceted. How do you prepare yourself as an endurance runner? Like, do you just run all the time or is there cross training involved? And then the second part of the question is, how do you train yourself for two marathons in two climates? Um, That was a wing and a prayer. (laughs) Because for for Florida, honestly, (laughs) I, I didn't really have a. I didn't really have a real opportunity to train for cold weather. So what I did is I scheduled runs leading up to Antarctica in different climates. So I I ran, for example, the Route 66 in Tulsa a month before I was ready to depart from, from, um, to depart over into Antarctica because I run that race historically. It's usually 20, 30 degrees. It gives me a different element that I can use it as a training run. Um, oddly enough, this year, it was 60 something degrees in Tulsa. So it was a wasted marathon. But um, <laughs> needless, needless to say, I what I do is I incorporate the distance running. I incorporate cross training and strength training. So from a cross training standpoint, I've started cycling more. So anything that can mimic running motion, I try to do. Um, I'm not a swimmer, so I don't swim. Um, so my cross training really is cycling more so than anything. And then what I do to help strengthen my run is the resistance training. So I lift five days a week. Um, so I'm pretty consistent with with my lifting regimen. I do a lot of, of training on um, upper and lower body. Uh, one thing I always tell runners is running is not just a lower extremity sport. It also includes your upper extremity. So we're using, it's like that Newton law of motion. So we're using our arms as our motion, right? So our, as our power. So our legs are our strength, our arms are our power. So the way I prepare for a run is I make sure I have 
really good upper body and lower body strength. Um, and um, I, me personally, how I train for back-to-back -back runs is I've adopted, it's called the Hansen Method. It's a training program. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, but it really focuses on high mileage. So it's not necessarily long runs, but it's higher mileage. So my training programs go up to 18 weeks to prepare for a marathon, but my longest run does not exceed 20 miles. So I never run over 20 miles. Um, however, because I'm running, I'm in, I, the plan is based on high mileage, it simulates fatigue legs. So even though my longest run may be 20, I'm gonna run 10 on Saturday. So I'll run 10 on Saturday, 20 on Sunday. So when I run on Sunday, it simulates a longer run. So I, I don't particularly like training plans where you're running, a training run is 24, 26, 28 miles. Some it works for. For me, I find that the higher mileage and shorter distance runs work. So I train myself to get up to run on average 60 miles a week when I'm in marathon training phase. That does a lot of amazing. Yeah, that shows dedication, <laughs> commitment, um, and that's they don't even that know I you, actually... Tony, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, it shows dedication and commitment. That's something that I admire about endurance runner because I don't think I have the mental um, commitment to continue to run despite yeah. how you're feeling so that's yeah. very I mean all that you achieve is amazing and I we would love um, to share with our audience how they can reach out to you and just connect if they might have questions about how to get started um, just more information how can they reach out to you uh, sure so I um I, a lot of the training that I do is actually through, we have a private group, uh, Walk Before You Run page. But for for me, my personal Instagram is probably my best to connect. Uh, I do plan on very soon launching a, um, a, a website. But in the interim, the best way to connect with me would probably be through Instagram. Um, and that, oh gosh, I just had a brain fart. My, my Instagram page is- T-Bill me. Bill me, yes. T Bill me. me. And we'll <laughs> yes. also put that in our show notes as well so that you guys can contact her. And if any yes. of our listeners are endurance runners or marathon runners and want to share their experience or or just share how they prepare for their runs, we'd love to hear that. Leaving a video message on Anchor is one way that you can do that. You can reach out to us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, we even have a website and we have a mailing list, guys. So you definitely should want to subscribe to that. We're going to be sharing um, resources for black women or black instructors for you to find those out as well as shout outs and spotlights of our fit black queens in our community so um, all those you can reach us with thank you Tanisha for sharing your experience and just I'm just Absolutely. amazed by you I truly Absolutely. am amazed by you um, I was just going to mention one other thing really quick um, I can also be located on the Roadrunners Club of America website so the RRCA website and you can do a Florida search uh, for Florida uh, certified runners and you can find me there on the website as well can we hire Perfect. you through that too <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't been out there on the page lately to even see if 
if, um, but yeah, you can find me there. <laughs> so when we create our Fit Black Queens Marathon team, we can reach out to you then. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really, truly appreciate your time. Um, Until next time, queens. Bye. Bye. Bye.